perfect. Alright, we good? Yeah. Awesome. Might okay. Do some audio adjustments later, but yeah, it's whatever. But we're live. Okay. okay. Three, two, one. Welcome back to the SBH podcast. I'm just moving over so we're not like on top of each other here. Okay. okay. Cool. Um. So in I I apologize. Well, really. So welcome to the SBH podcast. And in this podcast, we're going to be talking a little bit about uh, the show and the filming that we've done um, and how that's been going. And then as well as, uh, yeah, well, really how the fishing has been going too. But I also want to say I apologize for not uploading yesterday because it is the moon, the full moon. (laughs) And so I've been fishing really hard and I just, you know, I was like doing schoolwork all day. Then I fished for like three hours, then I came home, ate dinner, and then went back out fishing. And so I just just didn't have time to film the podcast. So today we're back at it with the podcast after having Ryan on last podcast, which was my personal favorite podcast so far. We had a great conversation last podcast. I really enjoyed that one, and you guys did too. Uh, so I decided to try to just get another guest on. And so we have my filmmaker, we have my editor. We have pretty much the guy that's been behind the scenes on pretty much everything that's been going on. My brother, Gus. <laughs> so, um, anyway, uh, as far as the, the show's been going, uh, we've been doing a lot of filming, haven't we? Yeah, like, I mean, I really base it off of when you say it, it's looking pretty good um, and you think that I should come out with you and then I go ahead and pack up all my stuff. It's, it's interesting because... Like, the more you do this, every time we're out there, I feel like I'm getting better at filming and um, setting things up in a way that, yeah. like, works with you being able to fish and cover the ground that you want to cover. Like, a big thing is having, like, my hiking pack um, because I'm able to carry all my gear wherever he decides to, to walk off to. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, we, we've been covering, especially me personally, but we've been definitely covering miles. And with the access the way it has been and uh, I've kind of figured it out by the way I've gotten so many parking tickets I got two in one day yeah. it's just the stupidest thing but uh, I already told that story no I haven't told the story <laughs> no. yet because that's that was after the last podcast yeah. so we have some very we've I mean it was it's been quite the week so we've been fishing around um, and we parked in one spot uh, and a guy comes up to us that's uh, like I don't know Policing the beach, I guess you could say. Yeah. Uh, and the guy was like, you can't park here. And we're like, really? And because we drove all the way out here, we didn't want to like turn around and leave because this was a good spot and I had luck there. It was just like, you can't, you can't park here right now. You have to wait another two hours. And then I'm like, really? And he's like, yeah, we've already called the police. There's another guy parked. We've already called the police on them. You, you can't park here. And I'm like, uh, I was like, or like you get ticketed or something. And yeah, I said, he's like, this guy's going to get a $30 ticket. Yeah. This guy's going to get a $30 ticket. And then, so I asked him, I was like, are like, is he going to get towed? And he's like, no, he probably won't get towed. And then I said, how much is the ticket? And he said $30. And then I said, okay. And we just parked and went. Yeah. And so, um, I mean, sometimes you got to pay the price. You yeah. Know? So that was my thought. It's like 30 bucks to fish. That's like not too bad. I was like, whatever. I really wanted to go and uh, we were with Ryan filming a segment for one of the upcoming shows, and we just wanted to get out there and fish. 
Uh, and so we actually had a, a banger day. We caught a, I, caught, I mean, personally, I caught a bunch of fish. I caught seven ish bass, and they're all in the twenty inch size. I mean, that, that's the question: Does a fish that this big count as a full fish? Does it count as half a fish? Yeah. So that was the <laughs> same day we caught like the smallest bass I've ever seen in my life, and I rose the question of, I raised the question. I don't yeah. know, whatever, same thing. And I raised the question of. Is uh, a bass that is six inches a migratory fish, or did it was it uh, from a spawn that happened in the area? I had a lot of great conversations with people online afterwards. I posted that post, and the consensus the wow the consensus is uh, that they are spawning fish, and they are spawning the rivers around. There's certain rivers that they that that, that they spawn more in. And there's certain rivers that they don't. Uh, so I mean, yeah, that that's pretty cool. But regard, we caught it was funny because it was a mixed bag of bass. We had really small bass, and then we had some ones that were probably I don't know high higher twenty inch sizes, over twenty five inches, a few of them. So that was yeah. pretty awesome, especially in the back bays and estuaries. Yeah, yeah and we've really been good. we've been really sort of trying to like fish a lot of different environments and a lot of different like locations and stuff. Because mm-hmm. um, I think that's sort of a cool thing that we can do with this whole show that we're working on is like learning from people who are masters of certain areas, yeah, and like learning how to how to do and getting that process on cam. Exactly. So I mean, a big part of this in general is you know I I try to like I'm I try to ask a lot of questions that if I was like a newer fisherman to that area, which I am, but. Uh, I try to ask these questions of these people that I, I might already know a lot of the answers to this, but then I, I want you guys to understand like kind of what's going through my head and what if I like what you guys might not understand about fishing a certain location. And uh, we had, well, because I was fishing with Ryan and he fishes a lot in the estuaries and we we're talking a lot about current in the estuaries and where there's holes and shallow sandy bars, not sandy, they're pretty muddy that like the bass are sitting on one side because the current is pushing through this area. And we were able to get some pretty cool footage mm-hmm. of us explaining why there are fish in this exact area and then him casting in there and following right along the rip line and then boom, he hooked up on a fish. So that was really cool, I thought, um, as far as like us being able to talk to people and also like the goal of this show is in what I was trying to say at the beginning there is the goal is for, I'm, le- I'm like, I'm still learning. I think my me personally like i'm i'm not a like i'm not great at fishing many different locations so uh i i'm really really good at fishing off the rocks uh and i am fairly adaptable as far as fishing goes i can fish pretty much in any location well and uh but i i need to learn a lot about fishing in estuaries because i don't know a lot about fishing in estuaries and the more you learn about fishing estuaries and fishing sandy beaches uh the better you get in, in general at fishing and um so this process of me learning i'm trying to get a lot of it on camera i'm trying to bring in people that are as he said experts in those areas people that have either guided for many years and uh or have just that's like their main like home base is like fishing and estuaries so um that's that's what we've been you know trying to do and trying to procure per- oh my gosh can't speak today that's what we're trying to uh, get you guys to see is like me learning how uh, to fish locations. Yeah. yeah. So I guess sort of I've been um, 
big thing that I've been trying to do is, is sort of figure out like what kind of like camera settings and how, how to light things, um, especially at night. And this yep. is sort of something we've, we've struggled with for a long time. And I think I've talked about this before on, on podcasts and stuff. Yeah. Um, was sort of trying to get like the best shot possible at night. Mm-hmm. Um, and sort of the equipment involved in doing that, which is sort of difficult. Um, and more recently we, I've been sort of messing around with the flash and trying to get that to, to work properly. Like last night when we were out there, I was, I was sort of messing around with my camera settings and it's really, it's difficult to get things dialed in until you're actually out there. Um, so unfortunately that means like missing some shots and missing some, some pictures that, that could have been cool. Mm -hmm. Um, but there's that. And then there's also sort of trying to get the video, um, which is another sort of huge challenge. Um, I have this little rectangular light that's probably about that big. Yeah. Um, and it's battery powered, which is huge. Um, and I just put it in a plastic bag <laughs> to keep it waterproof. And yeah. that's sort of my setup in terms of the, like the nighttime video stuff. Um, and cause that's the thing about lighting is that like lighting is very expensive. Um, if you want to properly light something, uh, like this, that's in harsh conditions at night, uh, you're going to be spending a lot of money on, on getting proper light. So I'm just trying to like work with what I can on the budget that we have. Yeah, I mean it's pretty I mean to your point it's it's probably the most difficult to fish in film. Well, really when you're trying to film that this is the thing about filming at night. You need a lot of light to film at night. Yeah. And uh in, there's a theory which I don't even know if I truly agree with because I feel like to myself I've actually destroyed this myth. But I do kind of believe that it might deter some fish from biting if you just pull up to a spot and do this. But people say don't shine your light in the water because it will shut off a bite or it will make the spook the fish or whatever. I personally don't think it necessarily spooks the fish because I've fished plenty of times with the giant light pointed at night, pointing straight into the water, and I've even caught bass that are like 35 inches. So, um, like, to me... That's one of those things that I'm like, you know, that's, yeah, I think it's a myth. And well, and that's a challenge that we face is that like, if it is indeed true, then how do we film? Because you really can't without a, without a light yeah. or so within, the, without like a night vision camera, exactly. which is a whole nother thing. That <laughs> yeah. And we're trying to like be specific about when we're using our, our light and we'll see. I mean, there's going to be times where I mean, we're still, and I have to keep reminding myself this, we're still so early in the season. Uh, and I just want to get into a little bit of the, uh, I guess, the reports that I, because I fish twice a day every day right now. So uh, during the day, I've been fishing, and this is a way that I encourage a lot of you to fish because it's a very, um, it's a fun way to fish, and it's just very productive. Uh, cause it's, and it's also really cool. So what you do is you go on to these, especially on Cape Ann. I mean, this is going to be very specific to people that live around rocky areas, uh, especially like cliffy rocky areas. Um, and it's where you have a very steep cliff that drops down pretty far and it just runs along. And what happens is a lot of the time you'll have bass staging up in each little indent in the rocks and they're right next to the surface. They're literally a foot to a half a foot under the surface of the water. And you can have 50 fish along a, along an edge here, but you get to see all the bass. You gotta wear sunglasses, but you're able to see all the bass swimming around under the water. And uh, what I like to do is take a six-inch hoagie hoagie. Um, I like to take a six-inch sluggo, sorry, 
and uh, like an owner beast hook. And I just, what you do is you cast them out and you just twitch them right by and the bass will crush it. Because generally during the day they're pretty finicky and it's a little bit more difficult to get them to eat, especially when it's high sunny conditions. And um, I've been doing a lot of that this past week and I've seen two bass that are probably 40 inches or high 30s to 40 inches. Um, and they're, and it's funny cause you, you'll see a bunch of like, like high 20 inch bass, maybe keepers swimming around. And then all of a sudden you'll just see a bass that's like that big and like very thick across the head, just cruising by. And it's a way like, I believe like if you're quick enough and you're fortunate enough that the bass might stage up in a spot or like slow down enough so that you can cast in front of it, you might have a shot at that fish even in the middle of the day. But uh, I've been doing a lot of that and I've seen tons of fish that are in the area. I've had a lot of fish come up and swerve on my my uh, my little soft plastics and stuff. It's been a, it, it's a frustrating way of fishing but it's also super fun. I've, that's how I've been doing a lot of my fly fishing and the fly fishing has been fun, especially if you're a fly fisherman, this is a great way to catch bass. Um, but I, I've caught, I don't know, tons of bass doing this and I've seen hundreds of bass. But my point is, I've seen two bass that are in the 40 inches out of all of those fish that I've seen. So uh, it shows you that we're still very early. And that, by the way, that spot is a big bass spot. Like it produces big fish year after year. I mean, that's where they are. Because a little bit, for, like 100 yards offshore, they're huge bunker schools. So you know that these bass are feeding on the bunker schools and coming in and cruising by on the rocks. And uh, there are, and it just shows you that we're still super early. There's not a lot of large bass around. But uh, we're getting there. I mean, there are some size around. I'm, I'm honestly pretty shocked that I haven't seen any photos online of people in, I've seen maybe one of a bigger fish north of Boston. But uh, I'm pretty surprised I haven't seen very many photos. But I've seen some decent-sized bass in the past week. So it's very promising, especially around the moon, that we're going to be catching fish. And we've done very well off the rocks with rig deals, which I'll get into a little bit later. Yeah, but it's just also sort of right place, right time, and also having me there when you catch something of size. Yes, I mean, that's, <laughs> so that's the other thing. So when we're trying to film, like, he doesn't actually fish, so what we're trying to do here is we're trying to have him come out and fish with me as much as possible, but at the same time, for him to come out every single time I fish is not, like, it's not feasible. Yeah. So I'm trying to think in my mind, okay, these are the best conditions we have, we, you should come out today. And that's when we do a lot of filming and fishing and whatever. Uh, but there's a lot of times where I'm by myself fishing, uh, doing a lot of exploratory work, you know, learning areas and what whatnot, uh, which is more difficult this year because of the, really, the parking is so bad. You just There's so many spots I want to try this year that I'm just not going to have a shot at doing. But um, anyway, uh, we've, we've been trying our best to film as much as possible. We've been doing a lot of filming at night I've been doing a lot of eeling because right now I, I'm fishing with live and rig deals primarily right now because the bass have been a little bit weird on topwater I've been having a bad year for topwater fishing I've had a few schoolies on topwater but I've really like last year this time I could throw giant spooks at bass and even like 20 inch bass would be crushing them uh, this year I haven't had a, I've had maybe one or two blow-ups on a bigger spook and I just haven't fished it because the bass are not being aggressive towards it. I don't know if any of you felt the same way, but uh, for me at least, the bass have not been extremely aggressive so far this summer or spring, and I'm hoping that it changes once we get more into the summer. But uh, yeah, I mean, the fishing has been a little bit weird, so I've been trying to like 
I'm really what I like to call monster hunting, which is I'm fishing for the biggest fish in the area. And a lot of the time, the biggest fish in the area, as we've seen, has only been like high 20s, you know? Uh, we're yet to break 30 inches, mm -hmm. or I am at least. Uh, I know a lot of guys have, uh, but you know, it's going to happen. I've hooked, I've hooked a bass way over 30 inches so far on the fly rod this year. You know, it's, it's just a matter of time before one of them crunches an eel, uh, as well as that's the spots that I've been fishing are big fish producers. But that problem is fishing this early in the spring, the water's still really cold, uh, and the current and stuff that the bass normally and the bigger fish are normally staged up in have, they haven't been there, but we've been doing good decently in the estuary and uh that's where he's been coming a lot of the time we've been going to the estuary and getting yeah. some pretty fun film because that's a lot more friendly to filming especially when it's not <laughs> high tide yeah we, astronomically high tide yeah we got we were like wading through like waist deep water the other day trying to get some yeah, shots which is super scary when i have all my camera equipment in my backpack and there's like all these holes around that like <laughs> one wrong step and i'm up to my neck yeah exactly <laughs> i mean we were we made it. It was yeah. we survived, which True. is good. We didn't break anything. I'm sure disaster will strike at some point this yeah. year. Hopefully not. I'm crossing my fingers on that one because yeah. I don't have money to spend on an entire <laughs> new setup. Yeah, but it's been. Um, we've been trying to play it as safe as we can. Yeah, it's true. And we've been getting. I mean, and that's the the thing about uh, the show is stuff is happening behind the scenes, which will after we launch the first episode, we'll break the news. But big stuff is going down with the show yeah, for the second episode i guess because we've already yeah, launched one we've already launched one which again thank everyone that has watched it. if you haven't watched it go to the stripe Pass hunt youtube channel and watch it it's incredible and it did well a lot of people seem to really like it yeah um it just kind of shows you guys what we can do and yeah and like there's definitely gonna be a learning process as far as like how we're producing things and how we're creating stories um within yeah. a within an episode um because like the first episode there was a lot of frustration uh with you having yeah. trouble catching things in early spring it's um pretty much all of the episodes will have me being very frustrated because i <laughs> yeah. just get very frustrated when i'm not doing well which happens you know a decent amount and it's funny because on instagram i hate this is the thing about instagram you like there you can have such a perception of just always being successful no matter what you're doing yeah. and it's just so not true i mean it is the case of the fact of the matter is i can generally catch a bass if i want to when i'm fishing <laughs> like whether it be this big well most of the time there are this big but like i can always catch a schoolie but not all the time am i hunting for schoolies like last night there's schoolies around i even saw bass blitzing on bait not blitzing but hitting the surface and breaking the surface every once in a while uh, and I just was not interested in those little, littler bass, smaller fish. I could have thrown on a little topwater pencil or spook and probably caught some bass last night, but I wasn't about that. And we, that's the thing. I mean, we're trying to like, this is real. Like this is as real as it gets. Uh, yeah, we're going to be taking some of the, the highlights of the week or the highlights of the few days that we fished. But, um, otherwise like really we're taking some real, this is like, as real as it gets when it comes to fishing yeah because like part of our goal is to really show it how it really is because mm -hmm. um, I think that's gonna be relatable to a lot of people is yeah. like that struggle that they go through um, in order to catch that that big fish um, or in order to like be successful it's like you need to have that that sort of struggle 
Um, and that also, I think, sort of helps round out an episode is like having having the, the low points and the high points. And it's not just like one consistent high note for the whole thing because yeah. that would get boring. Yeah. Also, I apologize if this is delayed because it is delayed right now on the video. I don't know if it will be when we're done, but if it is the audio and the video is delayed, it's because my computer's a piece of crap. <laughs> um, anyway, so uh, we really need to get your computer. We need yeah, to figure I don't out a way. Know, I don't know why we're, we're still using <laughs> your computer for this. Like, I'm First, home. I got the full setup. I know. But as I well as, like, we sh I'm filming this, like, because my computer's so bad that I'm, I'm filming this in 720 yeah. frames. 720p. P. Yeah. I know what I'm talking about. Um... <laughs> And uh, we can we can literally put this out in 4K if we wanted to. Yeah. So like, <laughs> that's a lot know. of that's a lot of work though. I know, but I don't know yeah. why we're not like making the podcast better because we have all the ability to right now. Yeah. It's just because we're doing next podcast. I'm gonna we're making a effort to make to figure out a way to make this work. Um, and so to make it film much, well, be higher quality, uh, video. And uh, what else did I want to talk about? Yeah, so I know, like, we're, I mean, you're here and we're doing a lot of filming and stuff. And uh, we, I, I have been here for a lot of filming, but I also have a lot of, like, um, I have a lot of crazy things that happened because we skipped a week of, like, everything that went down. Because uh, I, I mean, it, it's just, it's been such a crazy time this spring. Uh, with the fishing has been so weird. There's such big bait around. There's not a lot of big fish chasing this big bait around. And um, the weather's been super strange. It's been really cold and then really hot and then really cold. It's just been, it's been like, it's been pretty much a nightmare. It's also been, also, <laughs> the other thing I want to talk about. Hey, Gus, yeah. what do you think about the wind? Yeah, it's been, it's been crazy because there's sometimes that we want to, try to fly the drone um especially like in the estuary we've gone to the estuary like four or five times and every time we yeah. go it's like 35 mile an hour like sustained wind yeah and <laughs> and like gusting to like 45 yeah and you like i'm wearing my odm bag you know surf bag and the strap on my neck that's going around my neck is vibrating in the wind yeah it just shows you it's just blown so ridiculously yeah. hard and we're sitting here at home like oh the wind isn't that bad let's go to the estuary and try to get some cool shots and then we get there and it's just like and not to mention the audio that's the other thing it's like yeah it's been tough we're um, trying to figure that out yeah like that's that's a really big thing is um trying to like get solid audio that is clear and easy to understand and that i don't have to spend my time trying to subtitle everything you say yeah um but it, like just with the wind and with sort of the conditions that we have to face, it's difficult to try to like get solid audio that's not either like muffled. Because so um, in the first episode, there are sometimes that it's a little, that it's a bit muffled, and we sort of went back and forth between using an on-camera mic and using a like a lavalier mic, which is just like a tiny little microphone on a cord that we stuck inside his stormer jacket, yeah. like underneath the seal to try to keep it dry. But when it's down there, it's like you can hear sort of what he's saying, but it like sounds like listening to him through a closed door yeah um so it's like trying to get that really nice crisp audio is really a challenge with yeah. the conditions that we're in and that's the thing like the the thing is we have the ability to make the water like the, the camera completely waterproof we have like everything is covered all of our bases are covered mm -hmm. but um the problem the biggest problem we're having is with the microphone because 
there are going to be times where we're swimming out to rocks and stuff, and yeah. we want to get audio of this. Yeah. Other than GoPro audio, which is garbage. Yeah. What do you, like, there's nothing more we can really do from that. And I think, like, the, the GoPro might be a way to, to do it, and that's something we've been sort of thinking about. My earbuds. Yeah, that's the, the, that's the other thing. Um, but just having something that's that's waterproof that we don't really have to worry about that can still get solid audio. Yeah. Or even just having something that's more disposable. Um might be the way to go like a like a microphone that we don't mind if it gets ruined yeah um but that still has quality like there's there's a lot of stuff that we have to balance in order to like get what we want out of the out of the audio yeah and a lot of stuff i've I've been doing just sort of post-production wise um like adding in wave noises and adding in like yeah all sorts of sounds that aren't actually there but that sort of make it more realistic or not realistic but it makes it sort of fit what you expect things to sound like yeah and i mean and that's a thing it's like uh there's a lot again as we're saying like this is not like we're just filming something and editing it quickly editing it editing it together uh we are spending hours to make this as yeah. good as we can get within the time that we have yeah because if we if we talk about like sort of the process with creating an episode like we start out we're filming on a lot of days of the week and then every day bring the camera in move the the footage over which tends to be like almost 30 gigabytes sometimes so we're, we're running through memory like yeah like that um you have to get like a five terabyte, terabyte. <laughs> hard drive um yeah. but i i end up i move it over and then i put it all into into the editing software and then i go through clip by clip and i like give it some tags like i have an excel spreadsheet of all of the footage that we've got mm-hmm. um and i basically give it all of these different like tags like estuary like good light um like yeah like casting whatever slow motion whatever whatever's in the clip mm-hmm. um so that basically what this will do is create a like a document that i can just like command f and search for the clip that i need yeah um at, at any given moment and so that's it takes a, a ton of work and like i wish there was a way to automate it but with qualitative kind of tags like that the only way to do it is just manually watching through footage and and cutting it up but then we take the, the good parts of the footage and that's when we start to build the episode yeah um so with the with the first episode it was sort of clear to us right off the bat that there's a lot of failure there's a lot of sort of oh yeah like challenges to then get to that final like time of catching the fish but a lot of the failure was really well like captured sin- like cinematic wise yeah so um, we didn't want to like there's this there's a scene where we were in salem and uh it was right before we went to like the blitzing bass mm-hmm. and it was such high quality and just really uh, like pleasing to the eye footage mm-hmm. i was like we're not we can't not put this in you know yeah. this needs to get put in and yeah it made it a little bit longer and some people didn't like that it was a little bit longer yeah but at the end of the day like that is as raw as it gets. I know a lot of you, I had a lot of DMs afterwards from people saying that it was um, very like, uh, wow, I can't, I'm blanking relatable. on the word. Yeah, it was very relatable. Yeah. And um, and that's that's really cool because that was really our point was to say, hey, I'm not any, like, I mean, I'm, I, I'm just like any regular guy, you know? I struggle as much as everybody else does. Maybe it's because I start like as early as I can get away with, you know, like mentally get away with myself yeah i knew that for probably the first week Mm -hmm. we had very little chance of catching a fish but 
then the soon as like we there even before there were reports in we caught fish so like we were getting like as newsy we were getting the freshest reports as far as we were catching fish as early as we could possibly have caught fish um and uh yeah i mean because you touched on something there is like the whole idea of like we want each episode to be about 20 minutes like 20 to 25 minutes yeah like that's sort of what we're shooting for um and whether or not that feels like we're like stretching things out a bit that's sort of what we're going to try to avoid um mm-hmm. but it's like i don't know it's it's sort of it's it's a difficult thing to sort of balance out because we could just sort of go for like the 10 minute long regular youtube video but i think having that extra time to really expand on things is really cool and it's it's something that i personally want to challenge myself to yeah. do is to create episodes that are that long mm-hmm. um because that's le- legitimately like how long like a half hour like little TV show would be. Yeah, and um, and then uh, something else I want to kind of just off of that add is that first episode was very like short documentary esque. Yeah. The next few episodes are going to be a little bit more informational. Like yeah. there's going to be a little bit more talking. It's going to be a little bit more structured mm-hmm. than I guess that was really structured, but that was very um. I was designed to be a lot of just story arc, and it was kind of designed to be more of a story of how I caught my first fish of the season. The The next few episodes will be, unless I, like we are also going to the Cape Cod Canal during this full moon, so on Friday, so tomorrow, we're gonna be at the Cape Cod Canal, so if, I know a lot of you guys are gonna be at the Cape Cod Canal, because I know there's gonna be a zoo there, so if you ever see me, come by. Uh, but yeah, we're gonna be doing some filming there, uh, at the canal, and I hate fishing the canal, but I also love fishing the canal. It's just so good to it's so it's so appealing to fish, even though it's so annoying, and I hate fishing it. But I need to fish it because so many people fish it and love watching videos about it. So we need to go and give it a, yeah. give it a run. And but we um, had we had plans to do it earlier um, to go down there. We got called but, off, but yeah. that was good. Yeah, I'm so glad we did. <laughs> yeah, we have. I was up at at three in the morning getting starting to get ready and I get a text from Finn it's like it's bad we're calling it off yeah well so I, I got a text in like early like one in the morning saying the conditions were horrible and that it was bad and yeah. to not come and I'm like okay awesome not going yeah but you know it's the thing is it's that first there's got to be a huge push of bass through the canal at some point in the next week or two because yeah. at, at the end of the day we need to have big fish here by the next new moon in June, we will have 40 pound bass here. That's just a fact. So all of those bass that are gonna be here, majority of them are coming through the canal. There's a few that are gonna take the long way around, but uh, the majority of the bass are gonna be going through the canal. Mm-hmm. So most of the time what happens is we hear a report of ridiculous fishing at the canal. Oh, and by the way, they got rid of, um, oh my gosh. Commercial? I, yeah, they got rid of commercial fishing. That's like, that's so huge for the canal. And, uh, because you can take, I mean, I don't know. I don't re, I don't really want to get into it cause I don't know enough about the regs on the like commercial fishing and stuff. But all I know is it's going to cut like the amount of bass getting pulled from the canal in half. So that's really, really, really good. That means that's almost twice as many bass as we normally get, have the ability to catch this year going through the canal, especially on this first big biomass push than we would in years past. Mm-hmm. So that means that. We might have a shot, and also the bunker is ridiculous. We could get, we could have a setup this year that would be just stupid fishing. Yeah, the stars are aligning. My I friend. know. I mean, it's pretty extraordinary that. Yeah. But you know, it's all like 
again, you can only do as much as you can do and hope, but I haven't heard anybody else catching big fish. So it's not like we're yeah. behind the curve here at all. And, and you um, keep saying, like, last year we didn't catch the first big fish until, like, a few oh, days from now, basically. Yeah, June 8th, I believe, was the first... Oh, wow. I, why am I having such a hard time talking today? This is bad. I'm doing a podcast and I can't speak. It was the first day that I caught a big fish last season. Uh, or not me personally, but I got my other brother onto a 43. So I kind of, I, I guided him onto that 43. So I kind of feel like it's like a collaborative fish in that sense. So I, why I say like I got it, but it's more like we got it. So we got a, the 43, June 8th, the day after that, or two days after that, we got a 48. Two days after that one, we got another 48 inch bass. So, and one, yeah, one was 40 pounds, the other one was high 30s. So it just, it, like we got like, that was a lot of fish, like a lot of really big fish. One was a long skinny one, one was a little bit fatter, but it's so crazy that like a 48 inch bass has the potential to be 50 pounds if it's fat. You know, and you can catch a 45 inch bass can be 50 pounds. I mean, it's really extraordinary that, you know, it, it could, it could have happened last year. It might happen this year. We might break 50. And can you imagine breaking 50 with, yeah, with that, the gear we have, yeah. with the gear we have, that would be stupid. I mean, yeah. it would be amazing. And I keep getting shocked every single day. I'm not acclimatized to how powerful bass are again. I'm like hooking these like high twenties and I'm like, holy crap, am I going to be able to survive a. <laughs> 35 inch bass um but like legitimately they're they're pulling right now and uh i guess like you have your drag set but i like i'm talking my drag is cranked down i have all of my 21 pounds of pressure or whatever i got that one time on the band stall uh 275 so i did a podcast on measuring the amount of drag on the band stall and it was like some 20 something pounds of pressure which is definitely enough to stop a fish because uh, um yeah i mean the bass are the bass are going but if you think about it they're not like i always try to like tell people about people always say that striped bass don't fight very hard which i don't i don't agree with and it's not just because i'm a striped bass fisherman and i like fish for striped bass i don't agree with it just because i think they're very very powerful and short short bursts because they when they go that first initial run I've seen people with no current, with their Daiwa dogfights, cranked all the way down, like all the way down, which is 50 some odd pounds of pressure, and I've seen them pull 35 yards of line. So, um, and that was like a 35 pound bass. So that just shows you that like, when these things are going, they'll go, no matter how much drag you have on them. They really, really pull. Now, will they run you a mile away? No, that's just not gonna happen. They have probably, if you have like a decent amount of drag and you catch like a really big fish, you can get probably, they'll probably pull 20 to 30 yards of line. And then if you're in current, like the canal, it's like, it's a full shit show in the canal. Like you can get, you can get like 50 yards pulled on a die with dog fight in the canal because like a 10 pound bass feels like it's 30 pounds. It's ridiculous. Well, hopefully we can get some of that action tomorrow. I know. I'm, uh, I'm, I'm very I'm not excited because I think we're not going to catch anything because I've gone to the canal 11 times and caught one fish. Uh, so <laughs> literally, so um, the only reason I'm going is because everybody keeps telling me on DMs that there are going to be big fish there. And so I just feel like they're going to be big fish there. And uh, 
I, I'm hopeful, but I'm not optimistic. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Well, I guess that's a good way to be because then you aren't really as disappointed. Um, yeah, true. But but it's a lot for us. Yeah. yeah I'm not like a hardcore. I'm not very hardcore when it comes to like getting up super, super early, driving hours to fish all day and then driving home. Like I can't. I'm like dead after doing a canal mission. Uh, so as far as the canal goes, um, there's, it's going to be, we're trying to hit it at good tides. <clears throat> there's been a lot of mackerel around. So our hope is that we just get stupid blitzing on mackerel. Um, and that's really all I've heard is that there's been a lot of mackerel around. So hoping there's going to be some big fish. Yeah. Who knows? And as I said, they got to be big biomass moving through for June. And this is when, so in Again, as we're talking about how we're not, we don't have everything fully set up yet for as far as the filming goes. The thing that I want to say is this is like pretty, it's a testing time of year. Mm -hmm. Like we're still putting out quality for sure. But when we get into the later July, August timeframe, when you have shot it, the world record striped bass off of Cape Ann, like legitimately, that's when the biggest of the biggest bass are going to be around Cape Ann. That's when, uh, that's when we want to be at our quickest. Yeah, yeah, we want arc. to have it all nailed down. Exactly. Because the goal for us is to be able to film the fight of the fish, land the fish, and within two minutes, take pictures, put it back in the water, and release it. Yeah. If we can do that in two minutes, I feel like that fish is perfectly safe. Yeah. And I've been sort of messing around. Like, a big part of that for me is um, there are some, like, custom, like, menus, like, custom setting, um, like... Things that you can put it into a into a mode that like the cameras has like custom settings that you can preset. So what I what I've done is I have a custom setting for um, for the slow motion. I have a custom setting for the um, for the pictures. Yeah. And they're all sort of adjusted so that I can quickly like snap into that mode and all my settings are right and I can take good pictures. Yeah. Um, and that's sort of part of it is is like getting that to work. And the other thing that I've been doing is like re um, programming the the dials. Um, on the camera so that I can because it when it's in the underwater housing you can only access two of them mm-hmm. um, and so I've set those two to be the things that I need to adjust um, while it's in the housing yeah so I've been sort of messing around with how things are, are like hooked together or like how, how things are like what controls what basically so that I can have much quicker and, and more efficient control over the camera yeah in any situation we're in mm-hmm. and stuff like that that it's just like time and being out there and, and getting footage and just getting practice and figuring out what works and what doesn't work and, yeah. and experimenting with things um, so that hopefully by the time we get to that mid-late July, mm-hmm. I have it all nailed down yeah. and we can get it like bang on every time. Yeah, and that's the cool thing. Like we, we have our shot at like, okay, we want to film 10 episodes, but then now that we're getting into it, we have three episodes going on at the same time right now. Yeah. So that means that we have the potential to go way over 10. Yeah, well, I guess how we're working at right now. Part of the way that we're doing it is it's not going to be purely chronological. Uh, We're going to do it more of like a thematic approach to the episodes. Yeah, where they'll sort of follow a certain like theme, a certain thing. Like, um, like we were talking about that we might want to do like a fly fishing episode where you learn Mm -hmm. to get better at fly fishing and and how to how to do all learn how to fly fish. Really, I don't know the first thing about fly fishing. Um, I just do it because it's fun. But yes, stuff like that, like. We one day we might be filming some fly fishing stuff. One day we might be filming off the rocks. One day we might be filming in an estuary. Yeah, and it's like having those as sort of separate things um, will allow us to sort of 
more like fully pursue one topic and one sort of avenue of fishing that yeah. we can sort of build an episode around that yeah. um, rather than sort of doing it purely chronologically because it would be super like jumpy from one thing to another thing to another thing if we just went purely chronologically. Yeah, as well as like the conditions for an estuary one day might not be as good as the conditions off the rocks another day. Yeah. And we don't want to just film all of our efforts in the estuaries when, you know, throughout the year it's going to get different in the estuaries. And it's throughout the year on the rocks, it's going to be different. Now, we do have like an episode that we're going to, which is going to be kind of more based around me hunting the first big, big fish of the season. Uh, or at least just some bigger bass. And um, I'm hoping we can get it done in June. Um, that would be really good. That would be earlier than last year. Really, last year, I pretty much only, I got my first few, like, larger bass of the season in early July. Uh, and that was just because I, all of a sudden, like, stuff started to click for me. I started to really understand what the bass were doing. But right now, I feel like as soon as the big fish come in, we're going to have a shot at them. Mm -hmm. Just because of the way that I'm fishing and, like, really trophy hunting and not really messing around with schoolies that much and even if i am i feel like i'm still in positions that i in with gear that i can at least land a really big fish mm -hmm. uh and that's the cool thing about i mean that's something that i always think in my mind is always fish for the biggest fish in your area that's like what my my mindset is whenever i'm fishing so if i'm fishing off the rocks i'm at least throwing 50 pound line mm -hmm. fluorocarbon into my 50 pound braid uh sometimes i'll even go to 60 during the day and i try to stay around 50 to 60 during the day but, uh, and even if I'm going light and I light drag and I'm only targeting schoolies, I'm always having the back of my mind because I've had it happen to me before where you're catching 20 inch bass and all of a sudden you have a 45 inch bass eat your plug and it's all over in seconds, which happened to me last year. And then I completely changed my ways and never lost another big fish the entirety of last season. Uh, I've already lost one big fish this season. So, uh, we're done with that. That's it for the year. We're <laughs> yeah. only losing Not one. losing anymore. Yes. And you said you said earlier you were going to talk about the rig deal. Oh, that's something yeah. That you were... So I've been getting, so this is some, by the way, this needs to be a quick tip. So I've taken many different videos and articles about rig deals, and I rig in my own way. And not really, I mean, pretty much everybody rigs eels the same way. But this is the way I've done it. I caught, I want to say, 14 bass in the same rig deal between two days. Because I caught a bunch with you, and then the next day I caught a bunch uh, so I got 14 bass in the same rig deal thing looks no different from the day that I made it except for the fact that like the color it's gotten the color coloration of the eel kind of beaten out of it from the bass uh, but I'm like doing really really well on these rig deals I'm catching a, and I'm catching fish they're going after it like they're, they're hitting it like it's live and uh, I've, I've not really gone into the live eel realm. I've hooked a few last season. I hooked two bass that are probably 30 pounds on that on a rig deal. Um, I actually lost both of them right at the rock. Well, okay, so we, I was on a stupid big bite. So I wasn't like, I w wasn't like really like need to land every single big fish I was catching. So I was just reeling them up and kind of giving them slack with my uh, pinch barbs and hoping they would shake it. And, uh, which one of them did, one of them lost it right out and then another one ate it. I mean, it was, it was ridiculous fishing for like October. That's another time. Like we're so early in the season yeah, right now. Yeah. There's a long way um, to go. And really the best fishing on Cape Ann is, is like that second half of the season. The first half, you kind of just have to deal with the schoolies and every once in a while you get lucky and you can pull a really monster bass as they're moving through, but there will be about two moon phases 
before July, um, like early, well, late June, early July, those two moon phases are going to be are what I consider, consider still spring fishing. And those are the times that we still have a shot at catching bass. And it's funny because a lot of people that watch the podcast and are following me on Instagram and everything are so far for, further south than us that they're already into their summer fishing. And uh, we haven't really even gotten into our spring fishing yet. We're still really early in spring fishing. We don't even have bass over really 40 inches as max in the size of the, the big fish around. Mm -hmm. uh, and that's like, that's what's so nutty is because we, we haven't even gotten our big fish yet. And that's why we have big fish at a different time and they actually end up staying on Cape Ann longer than other areas. Uh, just because it, the water stay cooler and they're, I, I just think they're more aggressive and active than other areas. That's why a lot of guys on Cape Ann did extraordinarily well. I mean, I know so many people that did really well last season and so many people that didn't catch a bass over 28 inches last year. So it's really like it's a hit or miss type thing. And uh, so far we're doing pretty good. Yeah. Well, and as far as the, the rig deal goes, it works until it malfunctions like the oh other night. Oh my God. Okay. This is the <laughs> other thing I need this to talk about. He keeps reminding me this is great. Um, <laughs> I should have got to keep you in the, in yeah. the loop. I, I should have um, written a lot of this stuff down. But uh, so I'm fish we're fishing in the estuaries. Nothing's going right. You know, the water's too high. We're too early. We're not catching fish. The wind's wrong. The bugs are destroying us, whatever. And we finally, finally get out to where we want to go. I have one rig deal with me. One rig deal. Because I know I'm like, in my mind, I'm like, this thing's not going to break. It's not going to get destroyed. So I'm going to catch all the fish with it and then we're going to be fine. So I don't need to bring more than one. So we bring around one. We finally get to the spot. There's a, I mean, th this is moon current. So it's ripping out through this area and there's one other cutout. And what happens is, you know, kind of eddies right in there and the water's a little bit slower and the bass are stacked only in this one spot. And there's has to be tons just sitting in that one little area. The night before I caught, ridiculous amount of bass there over 25 fish i mean it was stupid and they weren't big i mean there's a few that were probably up there closer to 28 inches but yeah they weren't big they're over 25 but i think under 28 so uh anyway so we finally get out there i take three casts in the money spot because we got out there for a little bit and we were in one area and then we went to the, the spot where i knew we could catch a fish and i take three casts on my third cast i'm reeling my rig deal it's going through the rip, going through the rip, going through the rip, and then all of a sudden, bam! So I set the hook, and I feel tension, something pops, I lose the fish, and then I feel the, the bass, or I feel it, because it's super calm night, there's not even a breath of wind. The bass thrashes a little bit at the surface and swims away, and then I'm like, okay, what just happened? Because I thought I either, my eel fell apart, which I was like, there's no way, and then, uh, or my line broke. And so I reel it in, and I have the, my all of my braid, all of my leader, and my TA clip. But there's nothing on the TA clip. And I'm like, I thought to myself, at the beginning, it actually took me like a half an hour to think about what happened. Because yeah, it I, just didn't even yeah, compute a, in my head. I have a clip of you saying, oh, it must have broken in half. It must have broken in half. But if you think about this more than I did at the time, if it broke in half, I would have at least had the the head hook of the, the like, cause I'm just hooked straight into a, a hook. So it would have at least stayed on the hook. Okay. So this is what happened. 
somehow, somehow, the, a hook unthreaded itself from a tactical angler's clip. Now, I've never heard of this happening before. I didn't even think that was possible. I've heard of TA clips bending out before. I've never had that happen before. So literally, the hook unthreaded itself from the TA clip somehow. The, the physics on that, like, come on. Yeah. Who knows? Who knows what happened? But the one fish we hooked, and it was probably like 27, 28 inches. It wasn't giant, but it's annoying when you spend hours waiting for that perfect moment. Yeah. And everything aligns perfectly to get that one hit that you want. And later in the year, that could be a 40-pound bass that you lose because your tactical angler clip gets Somehow unthreaded. defied physics. <laughs> defied physics, literally. And I lost the thing. And uh, that, to me, was just, like, so, so frustrating. Because if you think about it as a fisherman, you need to make sure every single part of your tackle, and I don't really count line as this, but your gear. Every part of your gear is not going to fail you your rod, your reel, and or your swivels, your tactical angler clips, and your plugs shouldn't be failing you. That's all, and if it does, that's on you as a fisherman. And um, the one thing you can control is those things. And for the fact that the matter is I lost that fish because my gear failed me. And, uh, and that's just something that I just can't have happen. So I just bumped up the size of the TA clip and I was using a, um, I was using a, uh, I think it's 50 pound, TA clip. It's one of the smaller ones, but not like super small. Because uh, they have like the really, really small one, then they have the size up from that. I was using the size up from that. Because, you know, I'm fishing in the back base in the estuaries. I can be fishing with 30 pound braid and be fine in there. Uh, so I wasn't like really messing around with heavy drag and stuff. But uh, I, I don't want my gear failing me. Because I know I can fight a fish in these muddy flats and I'm going to be fine. Because uh, there's, and also, we're fishing in this creek mouth that's got to be. 20 feet across, 30 feet across mm -hmm. from one end to the other. Like, it's not that that wide. And there's some decent bass that are all stacked up in there. And uh, so the bass can only swim out. And uh, we lost it. I don't even know how that yeah. even happens. Yeah, uh, leave a comment it. below if you've ever had a tactical angler's clip fail you like that. But it didn't, like, there's nothing wrong with the clip. It just somehow unclipped itself. Like, I don't even know how that's possible. Who knows? Yeah. It's one of the mysteries of life. Apparently. And of course <laughs> it happened to that fish at that time. Yeah. And like not any other fish that we've yeah. ever caught. It happened to that specific one. Yeah, that night was really frustrating. We didn't catch anything and my boots were full of water the whole time. Yeah, it was tough. Yeah. It was it was not a not an ideal experience, but you gotta you gotta live with that in order to get to the good stuff. Yep, pretty much. And then the next day we were rewarded with great fishing. Got like I don't know. And your pliers appearing out of the Oh, okay. This is, okay, now this, this is the most ridiculous thing I've ever seen in my life. Okay, and this is like, now this is, this is trippy, okay? So we're fishing um, off the rocks, and we weren't even supposed to be fishing there. The only reason we were fishing there is because uh, I was going to fish with someone, and then they couldn't fish, so then I was like, you know what, we were going to fish in the estuaries, but then the last second they pulled out, and then... I was like, okay, I'm just going to fish off the rocks near my house. And so I went for the rocks near my house. Now, I want to say two to three days before, I lost my pliers. Couldn't find them, didn't know where they went. And uh, so now we're, we're walking along. It's pretty high. I mean, it's pretty high tide, but it's not like high tide yet. 
There's probably another four feet for it to go. And we're walking across the rocks to the spot. Now the waves are crashing onto the rocks, you know. They're crashing onto the rocks. We're walking through like where the waves are crashing onto the rocks is really what I'm trying to say here. And all of a sudden I look up and my pliers are sitting on a rock where these waves are crashing on top of this rock. Now, if that, and by the way, I fished there earlier that day too. If they were there earlier that day, I'd take that exact same path every single time. I would have seen them. They were not there earlier that day. Yeah. So literally this one rock sitting on top of it where the tide probably goes four feet above that every single tide and there's waves crashing on top of it are my pliers. So get this, my pliers have been washing around for three days in the ocean, in the ocean and somehow got washed up for who knows, maybe a few seconds. Yeah. In those few seconds, we walked <laughs> by there. Now, now the odds of that. Yeah. And we weren't even supposed to be fishing there that day. Yeah. Well, and it was like it was like one of those something out of a movie. They were just like sitting there, right on the right in the rock. I was like, how is now that was the craziest <laughs> thing that's happened all week for sure. Yeah. Because that is the, I don't even like, I don't understand. I was like, it's fate, Gus. We're catching a forty tonight. Because I was like. We should be here, you know? Yeah. yeah. I was like, the fact, oh my God. And we had a good night. We yeah, didn't catch we did. anything big. But that was, now that was the craziest thing that happened all week. And some yeah. crazy stuff happened this week. Yeah. We had some, it was, it's been a, it's been a funny, funny week. Yeah. Good thing I'm here to remind you. <laughs> I know. I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have told those stories. I have so much random, Random, just random stuff, stuff happens to us for all of the time yeah. it's so weird i can't even i but like legitimately that's under four feet of water it wasn't like that the pliers were wedged anywhere it was like they're sitting right on top of the rock and that means and they would have gotten washed away if we waited a few more seconds a wave would have washed them away or off that rock yeah so somehow they got washed up onto that rock who knows i don't even understand yeah in uh, in I mean, they're 100% my pliers. Like, I know for a fact that they're the exact same pliers that I had. Um, and that's, like, the trippiest thing I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> well, like, I don't even understand how that even works. I guess that's probably a good place to, to wrap things up. Yeah, I mean, this is a solid podcast, so I just want to reiterate, I guess, things that are happening. Big fish are coming, hopefully, in the canal. I'll be at the canal tomorrow, Friday. Uh, I have no idea where I'll be. I'll be somewhere. I think I'll probably be, um, yeah, somewhere in the middle of the canal. So you can look for me there. I'll be around, but so will like a thousand other people, um, or a million. There's probably gonna be a million people there. I don't know about it's that. It's gonna be ridiculous. No, it's literally gonna be shoulder to shoulder from one end of the canal to the other, and nobody's so gonna, much for social distance. And nobody's gonna catch a single fish too. Yeah, that's the funny thing. Okay, so. Anyway, thank you guys for listening to this podcast. Uh, this is a pretty crazy, relaxed podcast, but, you know, whatever. Uh, we got a little bit of uh, informational, this is what happened in the past week. Uh, anyway, but thank you guys for listening to this podcast, and we'll see you next time.